We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody. Sports Daily on a Monday. Mondays are always a lot of fun. Uh, we we enjoy Mondays. They're reaction Mondays. Um, sometimes they're overreaction Mondays, and that's okay. It's the NFL this year, and everything's an overreaction because we have no idea what's going on, for the most part, league-wide. Anyway, college football, KUK State disappointing weekends. Uh, we will we'll talk about those two teams in the second hour as both teams lose and now we have to look forward and see what the expectation is of course with k-state and with ku quite frankly it has a lot to do with injuries to the quarterback position we'll do that in the second hour 869-1240 your calls will hit on the chiefs here off the top and the rest of the nfl tommy it was another entertaining week of football and if you're a chiefs fan right now in this nfl you're feeling pretty good Man, how about that? Going into the bye week, 5-2, and two, a dominating 44-23 victory over the home San Francisco 49ers. And uh, a lot to get to with this game. It was fun to watch, uh, and I think that if you are a Chiefs fan, especially after the game against Buffalo a week ago, you got to feel really good heading into the bye week. Yeah, it's um, it, it to me, it was easily the most impressive performance by the Chiefs this year. Um, you'd have to go back to the opening week against Arizona. You know, it's it's a really interesting game to look at because San Francisco got so many of their defenders back. They added Christian McCaffrey, albeit not in a ton of time to get a whole lot done, but he was there. 
Uh, and, you know, for the Chiefs, we ask a lot of questions about the Chiefs. And the reason we ask questions about the Chiefs, and this is this is the thing, and Chiefs fans are, in my opinion, a bit defensive. Like, anytime you say anything about the Chiefs, people are ready to, like, put it up on a bulletin board and throw it back in your face. It's fine to make observations about the Chiefs, that they're not a perfect team. They're not a perfect team. But as we evaluate them, they're getting better in a lot of areas. They're easily one of the two best teams in football. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but they can get better. Um, this game was awesome offensively. I mean, they they looked great, and they looked great pretty much start to finish, and they looked great at some really important positions we need to see them, and they need to see the front office, I mean, them look great as they're trying to evaluate whether any moves need to be made. And you you look at a game like that in a place like that against a team like that, and you feel great today. And I think it's pretty clear that the priority, and we talked about this last week, the priority for this team to improve, if anywhere, is in the secondary and, and or pass rush, which benefits basically pass defense, however you want to define it, because the offense is beginning to click a little bit. And there were a lot of big plays again in this game. They're scheming guys open. And the, you know, the top receivers are really making an impact. Juju Smith-Schuster, seven catches on eight targets. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was the deep threat they need him to be. Those two guys, after, you know, four or so weeks of really not looking good, have looked great the last two. And now you feel better about it. I still don't know about their depth, Tommy. Uh, if anybody was to get hurt, I think they'd be in real trouble. But at least at the top end, those guys seem to be finding their rhythm with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head how important it was for some of these uh, areas of the football team that people have questioned, including us on this program over the last few weeks, to actually show up and show out on both sides of the ball. Uh, that was a breakout game for the overall wide receiver room with Kansas City. Um, yep. Everybody looked pretty solid uh, for the most part, catching the football for the Chiefs. On the other side of the ball, they got some pass rush, which they hadn't been able they hadn't been able to do over the last several weeks. They had five sacks on Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, they had Chris Jones a lot of times playing on the edge, uh, which definitely seemed to work. Frank Clark had uh, a sack and a safety in the game. Uh, so they got some pass rush. That was an area that we've been talking about forever. Uh, and then, of course, the secondary, they had eight deflections on 37 pass attempts from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and so they were able to defend the pass pretty well. Um, now, now, keep in mind, like we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo here, but at the end of the day, they've got a dynamic offensive unit as a whole, and they added quite a bit with Christian McCaffrey, as we've discussed. So overall, on both sides of the ball, I was most impressed with those areas that we've discussed multiple times about, well, what are we going to do moving forward with Kansas City? Are they going to look at, you know, potentially making a trade? Are they going to have to try to switch things up a little bit? Um, I think that those areas showed up in a way that we hadn't seen them show up before. Yeah, I mean, so through the first, and this is what we're talking, just for an example, through the first four weeks, and it's a new system, and I get it, but through the first four weeks, um, you know, MVS, four, two, four, and three catches, um, not a lot of yards. He's going to be boomer bust. I'm pretty sure. I don't think he's going to just like light it up every week, but they need Juju to do that. By the way, first time I saw, I think it was Teicher that had this on Twitter. First time two uh, Chiefs receivers, not Kelsey, but two wide receivers had over 100 yards in like 22 years, which is yeah. crazy to think about. Um, but, you know, 
we went through the stretch there after the Arizona game where Juju was, you know, catching just a little more than half of his targets. I mean, he was really struggling to find separation. And even last week, I I went back and looked at guys that study film and do that. And, and a, a large sentiment was Mahomes had to make perfect throws because there still wasn't that separation. But yesterday, he looked really good. And he not only had nice runs after the catch, but he, he was getting open and providing Mahomes what he needed. So, you know, we'll see if that continues. I, I think, though, that, you know, between all of it, and they're using, they're scheming up McCole Hardman beautifully and using the tight ends and all the things that they're doing in the pass game, I think we're fine there. Because if we're prioritizing, they need help other places. Now, if they go add somebody, I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, because I don't know how long-term this is. And I do worry about their depth. I mean, their depth in that room is non-existent, at least as far as we haven't seen it yet. Now, those guys have just played all the snaps, but I mean, what would they do if they have any injury in that room? I mean, they're going to be they're going to be thin. Um, but, man, it, it, it's, it's amazing to me how Kansas City is ahead outside of Buffalo – they're ahead of the rest of the league, and it made me wonder as I'm seeing them adjust more quickly, and we'll talk about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers a little later. We've seen Joe Burrow struggle out of the gates this year. Um, I don't want to hold Justin Herbert too much because he's got a bunch of cracked ribs and more injuries. The Chargers injury list is absurd. So, But a lot of the great quarterbacks in this league have struggled this year, and I think I do think it's because Mahomes already went through it last year. He went through this defensive adjustment. Now everybody else is having to do it. So he seems ahead of the game. Buffalo, I think, is just too good. I don't think teams can do that to them. Um, but Kansas City is ahead of the curve right now. And that was just I, – I mean, I don't know what else to say other than that was a, an incredibly impressive performance when you consider everything that goes into it. San Francisco getting healthy. They've got all the buzz of bringing in McCaffrey. Not that we thought McCaffrey was going to be a huge impact in this game anyway, because he didn't have time. He had one day of practice with San Francisco. But San Francisco is going to be a team, I think, that will be there in the end, be a top team in the NFC. And and the Chiefs just rolled them, man. Like, they had no answers for the Kansas City offense. And it seems to be finding a groove and a rhythm here, and we know how they play coming out of a bye, so you obviously like their chances there. And, Donna, the AFC West sucks. We didn't expect that, obviously. But, it I mean, the Chiefs are going to have a chance to, to win the division again and, and set things up for themselves in the postseason. I You know, you got to count on the Bills losing, but the Bills with the Dolphins and the Jets all of a sudden, they're, they're not going to have a cakewalk through this thing. Yeah, no, they're, they're not at all. And I think that what's really important to keep, you know, your eyes open to is the, the fact that, and we talked about this a few different times, and I mentioned this on Friday on the show about how, in my opinion, even leading into this game against the 49ers, it didn't matter that the Chiefs don't have an A-plus receiver um, because they've got an A-plus quarterback. And, you know, the, the fact that you've got Mahomes who is able to go out there and, you know, and there have been... Um, I think, you know, some some questions we talked about it prior to the season beginning about, you know, Mahomes not being ranked as high in preseason lists of top players that, you know, we would have thought he would have been. You know, he threw for over 400 yards and had three touchdowns and he leads the league in touchdown uh, touchdowns thrown and in yards thrown. And so, you know, all he's been able to do is just go out there 
and just do what he does. And it, it doesn't matter if you have Juju or MVS or Travis Kelsey or, I mean, whoever's catching the football, you've got Patrick Mahomes throwing them the football. That's the X factor. And, you know, and so I think that this game, I, I thought it was astounding to me when I read the stat that Patrick Mahomes in his career is 13 and nine when trailing by 10 points. 13 and nine when trailing by 10 or more points, uh, which is absolutely remarkable that he's over 500 in that statistic. It's crazy. And, you know, you, you get down by 10 early on and, you know, San Francisco, they had it rolling early in the game. They had the crowd behind him. McCaffrey's brand new. They were playing with intensity and energy. And all of a sudden, Kansas City gets down by 10. You're like, all right, here we go. And that's, you know, Patrick Mahomes is like, this is exactly where we want them, right? And all he does is go out there and just gets them back into the game very quickly. And before you know it, Kansas City has a lead at halftime. And then the Chiefs just pull it away. They just pull away in the second half. And that's what Kansas City is able to do. And, you know, the fact that you're, you're down by 10 and you end up winning by three touchdowns is insane. It tells you how dynamic this offense is. It tells you um, that, you know, I agree with you when you say that it's Buffalo and Kansas City, and it's been Buffalo and Kansas City. Mm -hmm. That hasn't changed. Um, I think that there were there were folks that after the Buffalo game that our Chiefs fans were like, well, I don't know. I mean, Buffalo is really solid. They might have, you know, a step on Kansas City here as we go through the season. Um, I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I think that this was a statement game for Kansas City with all the excitement in San Francisco with bringing McCaffrey in. You've got Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. You've got all the weapons there, and they go in and beat, beat them by three touchdowns. I think that that's a statement victory for Kansas City going into the bye. Well, it's a statement victory for the Kansas City offense, if nothing else. because it, it, and, and I don't know, and the problem with looking at that game specifically is San Francisco has – they had been just – I think they were missing in that game against the Falcons. I think it was either seven or eight defensive starters. I mean, something ridiculous. And I, I they got a lot of those guys back. I don't know how many, and I don't know what it'll be. But here's here's what's become really interesting with the Chiefs is, you know, going into this year, we talked about the brutality of this schedule because of all the in-division games. Now you look at this schedule, and Tennessee, here, here's what they have left. Tennessee, Jacksonville, the Chargers, the Rams, the Bengals, who are certainly coming around, Denver, Houston, Seattle, Denver, Vegas. This schedule does not look like it once did. Now, you have to, you know, bake in some teams will get better because they will. Um, You know, are the Chargers healthy by the time they get the Chargers again will be a big factor. But for the most part, and Seattle will obviously be better than we thought. But for the most part, this schedule is not even close to as bad as we thought it might be. And that's also something really interesting to watch because they just don't play with with the division looking like it's looking. And granted, you know, in the division so far, they have a one-point win over the Raiders in a game they could have lost and a three-point win over the Chargers they could have lost. So we shouldn't take anything for granted. And they're coming off of a loss to Buffalo. So, again... I don't want to sit here and say Kansas City's perfect, but what what we can see is the development of the rapport with Mahomes and the rest of these offensive players. And that is reassuring because the defense was inherently going to get better all year as long as they stay healthy because of all the young players. 
if we see the improvement we thought we'd see out of the defense, and this offense is capable of what we've seen two, three times so far this year. You know, we saw it in the Arizona game, we saw it in the Tampa game, and we saw it last yesterday against San Francisco. That's a Super Bowl, you know, recipe. That's a team that can win a Super Bowl. Not that we didn't think it was anyway, but we're seeing it now. And when you see the rest of the league struggle, everybody outside of Buffalo of the expected teams we thought would be good, you feel like you're like you're one of two right now. I mean, it, it just feels like the Chiefs are so far ahead of the league. Well, the Chiefs in Buffalo are so far ahead of the rest of the league. Well, let's look back to one month ago. So it was one month ago tomorrow that Kansas City dropped that game against Indianapolis, which, you know, we all, after that game, we were like, what is going on? Like, that was that was awful. And then you look ahead to their schedule in the month of October, and you've got the Buccaneers on the road, the Raiders at home, the Bills at home, and the 49ers on the road. That was the schedule in the month of October. And all the conversations, especially after that Indianapolis loss, were basically, man, you know, it's not looking good for Kansas City, you know, especially the fact that they've got to turn around and go on the road to Tampa Bay and take on Tom Brady, which that's a different story altogether. But uh, all they do is go in and, and beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers by 10. The, the, the final score, you know, is not nearly as close as what it looks like. Um, but then they're, they're able to beat the Raiders on Monday Night Football. They drop that game to Buffalo, but then they dominate the 49ers. And I think that you would look at a three and one record in the month of October against those four teams after dropping the game against the Colts. And, and I think if you would have told us a month ago that the chiefs could get through that stretch three and one going into the bye, you'd probably take it. And that's exactly what has happened for Kansas city. They're five and two going into the bye. And you're absolutely right. That schedule after the bye does not look nearly as tough as what Kansas city just went through with the Titans, the Jaguars, the chargers are banged up and not, not playing well at all right now. They got rolled by the Seahawks uh, yesterday. And then, you know, it goes on from there. The Rams are down. Uh, so I, I feel like they got through that stretch just about as well and unscathed as they probably could have hoped for. It, it was awesome. And and that feels good. We've seen it feel bad. This team is not flawless, but man, going into a bye, getting healthy, uh, getting McDuffie and Gay back for just just a retooling almost. The Chiefs have been fortunate on their injury front. They dealt with some early, not a ton, uh, but when you look around the league, they've been they've been in good shape with that this year. So this will give and and I've you know you hear and see that. Teams become very active during the bye week when it comes to trades and changing a roster. This is where the front office can really lock in and evaluate and look. We saw Carolina turn down two firsts for Brian Burns, uh, according to reports this weekend, so I would go ahead and uh, not count on that. Um, I don't know what's out there. I don't know what they can get, but they'll shop around. Do you around think there's a need for it at this point? I mean, I know we talked about last there's week. There's always a need for absolutely pass rushers. was a need. But but look at yeah. what the Chiefs were able to do against the 49ers yesterday on the pass rush. Yeah, I'm like, not going to count you, you on clear, Frank Clark's consistency. I mean, I'm just but not. clearly he, clearly those conversations, you know, they've been you know talking about it. I'm sure in the locker room about how look like there might be trade bait out there. We got to go out there and perform, and they absolutely did. Yeah, I I I would love for Frank Clark to play that way all the time. He just doesn't, right? So. He was hyped up for that game. You heard him afterward. He doesn't like the Niners. He's from the area. He, 
Frank Clark would be amazing. He would be everything the Chiefs needed if he could give it to him consistently, and maybe he can. I don't know that that's their biggest need, but I, I also think even if Frank Clark did play, you can never have enough pass rushers. Um, is there a bigger need in the secondary? Yeah, probably. And I don't know how that looks, but and they may still attack receiver. I mean, we just don't know. But they, I, I think it's fair to believe that they'll do something because, again, I think they're they're telling us they're going to do something with the restructuring of Travis Kelsey's contract. There was just no need to do that unless you had plans on improving somewhere. Maybe it's as maybe it's as simple as the OBJ thing still. But man, he, I I saw something. He's not ready till December, and I'm just not sure. Maybe that's all they can do. If the Panthers turn down two firsts for Burns, then then the Chiefs don't need to be doing any business at the trade deadline. Because if that's the price tag, no thank you. Right? Like that 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 reminded me of the Frank Clark deal when the Chiefs made it. Or the um there's been another trade like that where you just you that that's too much to give up for for really anybody outside a quarterback. It just is. Like the, if that's the price tag for some of these guys, then then I don't want that price tag. Just hang on to the money and and go sign OBJ for that matter. Like I'm not giving up two firsts for anybody. There's not a player out there I'd give up two firsts for. So I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know they can lock into it now. It's really good timing for the bye week uh, for the Chiefs because they can just sit and sort of evaluate now. And now that you you, it's sort of also even though Buffalo beat them last week, don't you think this? sort of swings the pendulum now, and it's like, all right, Buffalo, that's what we've got. What do you have now? Like, what can you do out of the bye week? And it's going to be this posturing, I think, all the way through the rest of the year between those two teams. Absolutely. It's it's a punch-counterpunch. I mean, it's, it's you know, one of those things where um, we, we watched them play a week ago, and Buffalo came out on top. And, and we, you know, I don't think that there were a lot of Chiefs fans that really felt worse about the team after that game because Buffalo is just that good. Uh, but then you, you're able to go and, and take on a 49ers team on the road that has all of these weapons and they've added to it. And then you kind of go and you punch them in the mouth. And so, yeah, now it's, um, you know, Kansas City had their play and now, you know, Buffalo was on a bye. And they got to sit back and watch what Kansas City did. Now Kansas City's on a bye, and they get to sit back and watch what Buffalo did. It's it's really intriguing, and you know, I, I know that we, I know that it's really easy to start putting the cart before the horse and start talking about these two teams in the AFC Championship game. But you never know. I mean, it's football. It's the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I don't Crazier know if that's going to happen. Happen, but it, it's not crazy to say these are the two best teams that need to be no. thinking about the Super Bowl because that is what – like the Chiefs right now, every decision that they make in this bye week as it comes to the roster needs to be with the idea of how will this help us win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's it. You're you're absolutely right. And that's – you know, with, with all of the – the additions that Buffalo made defensively. We've talked about that before about how they, they did that to counteract Kansas city. Like they went and added Von Miller and got stronger in, in the defense on the defense for the sole purpose to beat Patrick Mahomes. And so now you've got, you're going to the trade deadline. These two teams have risen to the top of the AFC and, you know, are jockeying for position. And so, you know, I, in, in the same way that it wouldn't surprise me if Kansas City is active at the trade deadline, Buffalo should be active too, you know, and, and especially after watching what Kansas City did yesterday. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the pressure's on Buffalo. Buffalo's, I said the pressure, the pressure isn't on Buffalo. 
Kansas City and Buffalo are just they're just ahead. And, and as we take a break here, we'll come back and we'll talk about the rest of the league. I mean, you know, there are teams that are looking good, but I, there's just not any teams that look like they're on that same level. And and I don't say that like Kansas City and Buffalo are just like going to run the table no matter what. This is the NFL that won't happen. But just as far as like the way you feel about chances to win a Super Bowl, they they feel like they're way out ahead. We'll talk about the rest of the league and what continues to be just a wild NFL roller coaster ride. When we return on Sports Daily, KUK State fans, we're talking college football in the next hour, so hang in there. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Chad Chambers producing. Sports Daily returns after this. everybody sports daily on kfh another wild and crazy nfl weekend we talked chiefs there in the first segment kfhradio.com if you missed anything um really unfortunate news and i want to start here because it just sucks and we're waiting for the official word but Brees hall uh the wichita kid who has been lighting it up, the odds-on favorite to win NFL Rookie of the Year, been everything you hoped he would be, leaves the game with a knee injury. Early reports are that it could be an ACL. Now, Brees was you know, tweeting out last night after the game some positive things. I don't know what that means, uh, but it, it, the narrative around it after the game wasn't good. Hopefully... It's not that bad. If it is, it's really unfortunate because Brees Hall was lighting the league on fire. Yeah, it's unfortunate for sure. And typically, if your head coach and Robert Sala did this, if he's willing to tell reporters after the game that they fear it's the ACL, typically right. it's the ACL. You know, if, if you don't know, you're not going to say it after the game. Um, you know, typically coaches are vague when they don't know. But, it, you know, if he's suggesting that, you know, they fear that he tore his ACL more than likely – he probably did, and I'm sure that we'll get a, a definitive answer as the day goes on. But, yeah, I mean, he's been um, explosive, dynamic. I mean, he's been the big play guy for the Jets so far this season, and they they have sorely lacked that in previous seasons. And so he was definitely a breath of fresh air uh, for the Jets and was a huge contributor in the reason why Robert Sala's team is in the position that they are right now uh, where they've surprised everybody. And, you know, they, they're on a winning streak right now. Um, it, it's unfortunate. You know, of course, we we follow Brees Hall probably closer than a lot of other people do, um, you know, here in this city. But um, definitely unfortunate for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's he has been a superstar and a big reason why the Jets are doing what they're doing. I don't know, you know, what this does. I, it, and it depends. There are different sorts of ACLs if it gets a part of the other ligament there that is more significant sometimes it's you know it's just the recovery time and then guys are just fine when they come back so we'll have to see the severity of that part of it too uh, but you know injuries suck and it was a bad injury day in the NFL yesterday like just a really just overall bad injury day um, this one stings a little closer to home and it's just a reminder of like 
God, what's the worst part about football? Injuries. Like, it's just not close. Like, it, it does. It is the worst. And, you know, good luck to Brees Hall in that recovery. Uh, we really hope that that goes well and he's able to rebound. I don't recall any serious injuries over his career. Um, just little dings and nick-ups. I could be missing one, but just off the top of my head, back to Northwest and then to Iowa State, his durability has, has been one of his great assets. So hopefully... This is just a recovery thing, and he can come back just as strong. Uh, so that happened in the NFL yesterday and really put a damper on the whole day. At least it did for me. Um, we had another wild day of outcomes, Tommy. You know, you guys picked Carolina to cover. Carolina didn't just cover. They rolled uh, after losing McCaffrey, and, and they've got a little swag now. They're playing with a little fire. You can, sometimes that happens when teams make wholesale changes. That was an obvious surprising outcome. Uh, Cincinnati looks like they're finding a groove, certainly. Uh, Green Bay loses at Washington. What in the world? The Giants keep rolling. The Jets keep rolling. We'll see if they can after the Brees Hall injury. The Raiders rebound a little bit. The Broncos still suck. Uh, Miami took care of business last night. That was a weird game. So, Again, it just sort of, we don't really know what's going to happen this year in the NFL. I, I think it's as unpredictable as it ever has been. And the big storyline today, and it's it's for obvious reasons, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are struggling. Aaron Rodgers is back-to-back MVP and lost Devontae Adams. But over his career, Tommy, I think that's getting overblown. Rodgers had, had been good without Rod, or without uh, Adams throughout his career, and the games Adams has missed it missed, it's just... It didn't happen in, at all for Green Bay this year, and Tom Brady's in the same situation. I think the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady right now is the level of fight that Aaron Rodgers has compared to Tom Brady. Uh, Brady looks done. Brady looks washed. Uh, he looks disinterested. Um, yeah, he doesn't look like he's – I mean, now granted, you're not going to enjoy yourself when you're losing, but he doesn't look like he's enjoying himself uh, at all. And this Buccaneers team is lifeless – they're dead. Um, and I watched, I don't know if you had a chance to catch this, but I watched some of what Todd Bowles had to say at the podium after the game. And he has no energy either. Like he's, you know, standing there and, and, and that's, he's never really been a, a super demonstrative guy, but he stands at the podium and, you know, yeah, we, you know, we don't look good. We got beat on all phases of the ball. Like I wanted to fall asleep watching him and I'm like, all right, this is exactly the kind of uh, the kind of energy that your team brings out onto the field, you know, like, and it's a, it's a night and day difference between Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles. And I think that has something to do with it for sure. But yeah, we've talked multiple times and the whole country has talked multiple times about the injuries that, you know, Tom Brady has with the Buccaneers and the offensive line is decimated. And we've had, you know, they've, they've had injuries with the wide receivers and all of that. I get all of that. I understand it. But she just got beat 21 to three by Carolina, who they're a train wreck. I mean, Carolina's been a train wreck all year and just traded away Christian McCaffrey and they don't have a quarterback and they fired their head coach and you get rolled by the Panthers when you were a double digit favorite to win that game. You were a two touchdown favorite to win that game and you lose 21 to three. You can't even score a touchdown like it, it's I, I'm more concerned, substantially more concerned with Tampa Bay than I am with Green Bay. Um, I, I think Tampa's issues are in coaching. Let me ask you this, because everyone focuses on Brady and for obvious reasons. Mike Evans dropped a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah. 
What if Brady's stat line was 33 of 49 for 365 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions? We still putting it on Brady? Because that's what his stat line should have been if Mike Evans catches a give me touchdown. Yeah, I don't I mean, think it's still. as much of I don't think it's as much Brady as everybody else thinks it is. I think Bra- in all of these games, just look at Brady's numbers. He's he's not Rogers' numbers are are far worse than Brady's. Like Rogers as an individual player, to me, seems like he's struggling with something far more than Brady is. Rodgers yesterday was 23 of 35, 194 yards, two touchdowns. So he wasn't bad. Like both of these guys, like they're not just out there throwing a bunch of interceptions, making a bunch of mistakes. They're just, their teams are struggling. And, you know, for Brady, like you mentioned Bowles, their their defense is letting them down. Offensively, I don't know what's going on. Byron Leftwich, the elephant in the room in Tampa's Bruce Arians is gone. Right now, Bruce Arians, who's an offensive mastermind, one of the great offensive coaches this league had, is gone. And all of a sudden, they struggle offensively. I don't think that's a coincidence. But I don't think Brady is playing bad, like definitively bad. Like Russell Wilson is playing bad football. Brady's not playing bad football. He he would have had a huge stat line yesterday. They're just yeah, but look, whatever uh, else look, I mean, is happening isn't happening for them. My counter to that would be, you know, you attempt 49 passes and let's say that he even completed the one to Mike Evans and was 33 of 49 for what? 365 or whatever he said. Yeah. One touch. I mean, even, even if he does complete that to Mike Evans and Evans doesn't drop the pass and get into the end zone, 49 attempts and one touchdown. Um, now, granted, he's not throwing any interceptions, but still you lose 21 to 10 at that point. You know, like yeah. you, you're you're attempting no, that know. many passes. And but Tom I don't Brady, think that's all on Brady. I don't think he it is either, but I think some of it is on Brady. He thrown an interception in six weeks. Brady I think some of it is on Brady. He interception since I, week one. Oh, some of it is. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not trying to say Brady's like, <laughs> it shouldn't be catching any of this grief. He should be. I just I think Tampa's issues are bigger than Brady. I don't think Brady is the issue there. And everyone wants to say Brady's done, like he's toast. He needs to retire. And I'm like, well, like, hang on a minute, because I don't think he looks that bad. I think they look bad, but it's not because of him. Think about how bad they would look if I don't know. Uh, I don't even know who their backup quarterback is, but insert you know player here was their quarterback. I just don't think it's a quarterback issue there. So are you suggesting, and, and, and uh, th- you might not be, are you suggesting that Aaron Rodgers, the, the struggles with Green Bay are more because of Aaron Rodgers than the issues in Tampa Bay are because of Tom Brady? Yes. I don't okay. think either of them are singularly, because, because neither of them are playing objectively bad by any means. Like Rodgers, you know, he's thrown three interceptions this year, which is a little uncharacteristic for him, uh, but he hasn't in any of the last three weeks. But he's just not taking chances and not like they're just not generating much exciting offense. But, you know, the easy thing for people to look at there is the wide receiver room. But don't act like they haven't invested in the wide receiver room. They've spent high draft capital over the last two or three years to get receivers in there. And it's not working. So I think, you know, the lack of connection between Rodgers and those guys and Rodgers throwing him under the bus every other day in press conferences, that to me is more of 
Rodgers needing to shoulder the blame than, you know, than, than Brady, who's obviously got distractions off the field, but he's still playing at a high clip. They ran for 46 yards yesterday and allowed 173. This is in Tampa. Tampa has been the best run defense in football the last three years, and it's not particularly close. That's not a Tom Brady issue. It's not a Brady issue that they can't run or stop the run. That's how Carolina won that game yesterday. Carolina controlled the line of scrimmage. That's not a Brady issue. So I don't know what that is. And he he certainly, the distractions he's brought to the table play a role, I think, in those things. But he feels like less of the issue to me than Rodgers is contributing to the issue in Green Bay. At this point, can, can, they both are. Yeah, can, can we talk about for a second – and this is just my opinion. Can we talk about for a second how miserable it must be to be a receiver and play with Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? And not even just a receiver, but play on that offense. And you're going to get screamed at. You're going to get thrown under the bus. At one point, that was good leadership. At one point, I was like, all right, cool. They're motivating their guys. Now they're just getting screamed at and cussed out and thrown under the bus at every turn. It's got to be miserable to play with those guys right now. Yeah, let's talk. Let, let, let's talk about that when we come back because there's some we need we got to sort through that aspect of everything we'll do it next on sports daily uh brady rogers what in the world's going on and we'll just power rank who's having the worst year on the field off the field it might be an easy question on the field who's having the worst year we'll be back on sports daily T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
Welcome back, everybody. Brady and Rogers, the struggles continue. Maybe I'm wrong, and I very well could be because I don't watch every quote, everything that comes out. Um, you know, I, I don't recall. I mean, I've seen Brady on the sidelines barking at his offensive lineman and doing those kinds of things, but I don't recall in any public setting Brady throwing his guys under the bus. Have you have you seen that, Tommy? I haven't I don't think I've seen that. While Rogers seems to be perfectly happy doing that every day he gets a chance. <laughs> I think it's it's kind of different between the two of them. Uh, but ultimately it equals the same thing. You you see Brady on the sidelines screaming at his guys and the microphones are picking it up and you hear what he's saying and he's cussing him out and that sort of thing. Then you've got Aaron Rodgers who's not really doing that quite as much on the sidelines. I've seen him, you know, say a few things like, you know, read his lips or whatever uh, on the field. But then Rodgers is is primarily doing it at the podium after the game. So they're both kind of handling it differently. But as far as I'm concerned, neither one of them are. I get it. They're frustrated and they're not happy. And you wouldn't you wouldn't be when you have the record that they that their teams do and the way that they've been playing. Um, I just especially if you are one of the young wide receivers in Green Bay, uh, you've kind of I feel like at this point you've kind of ran afoul of Aaron Rodgers a little right. bit. And that's that's not good. Well, and he started him off that way, too. He never gave them a vote of confidence like his. Yeah. You know, and, and we've all been there, right? You've you've probably had a coach or somebody that that has that style of you've you better come out and earn my respect before I give it to you, kind of a thing. Um, and then I, I and I don't think Brady does that so vocally, right? Brady and and look, Mahomes is showing us that quarterbacks have to have the trust in their receivers. He, he would never do it the way that these two are doing it. And I don't think, I don't even know if Brady's doing it, right? Like, you saw the way Mike Evans defended Tom Brady, took a suspension for it. I, I just can't imagine that Brady's teammates right now, and you'd have to, there's no way we would ever know this, but if we had like an honesty poll, right? And you went in that locker room and asked everybody, like, do you, would you go to war for Tom Brady? I still think everybody would do that. I think we've seen things like that. I'm not sure. Aaron Rodgers is kind of a jerk, man. And and like, yeah. if I'm his receiver, like, how, how are you supposed to? You're playing nervous at that point. Like, oh my god, I can't throw. I, I, I can't. I can't make a mistake. He won't throw me the ball. Like when when clearly he needs to just cut it loose a little bit to get anything going. I don't know why Aaron Jones is running for only 38 yards. I I don't know why they struggle against a Commanders defense is that that's been horrible. This year, I have no idea, but I just don't think anything Rodgers is doing helps his cause. I think Brady has been, again, outside the in-game barking and yelling in the heat of the moment. That stuff doesn't bother me. It's what happens after and during the week in practice. And, you know, both of these guys' numbers probably wouldn't indicate that they need to shoulder the blame as much as they have. But they're the quarterbacks, and that comes with the territory. But the struggles of these two teams are so interesting. And I would ask then this way, like which of these teams has a more realistic chance of being an NFC contender by the time this season ends. And while I want to say it's Tampa Bay and it's not close, I have to remember, I feel like the coaching in green Bay is generally better. So maybe not, but I think it's Tampa Bay 
I'm not sure what the answer to that question is. Is there an option C, like neither one of them? Neither. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably I don't, I don't think so. neither one of them is, is anywhere close to being a, a legitimate NFC contender at this point. And the units are different. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers is throwing his wide receivers under the bus in press conferences. Brady is yelling at his offensive line on the sideline. Uh, Brady's got, uh, you know, significant significantly more trust in his wide receivers than Aaron Rodgers does. Even with the Mike Evans drop yesterday, uh, it's Mike right. Evans and Targeted it's Chris Godwin. And it's, it's times. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got significant, and those guys are more proven than what Aaron, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has Alan Lazard, uh, Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs. I mean, that, who does he have? He doesn't have anybody. Randall Cobb is injured and, you know, probably the amount of trust he had in, in Randall Cobb was probably bigger than anybody else or everybody else combined at that point for uh, Green Bay. So it, it, they're different units entirely and the way that they choose to handle it is entirely different too. Um, and I th- I see Brady trying to rev up his teammates and his offensive line because the head coach is basically falling asleep on the sideline. I feel like, I mean, he's dull and, and boring and doesn't really, you know, doesn't really uh, give me the indication that he is a motivator whatsoever. Uh, So I, I understand what Tom Brady is doing, but going back to your point about, you know, we've all probably had a coach in the past that has gotten on us to perform better. Yeah, that's right. But Rogers and Brady aren't the coaches. They're the quarterbacks. And so I feel like Matt LaFleur and Todd Bowles have a responsibility on their respective teams to basically get in there and make these wide receivers on Green Bay and the offensive line on Tampa Bay realize, look, we're the ones calling the shots. Like they, they may be future Hall of Famers, but we're the head coaches here. I don't think either one of them, I don't think they're doing that. And I think that the relationship between both quarterbacks and coaches are icy at best. And I don't think either one of them are contenders at this point. Yeah, I, I think I think those coaches... <laughs> They might have their hands full just trying to, you know, be better coaches because right now they're not doing a good job of that. Um, Tampa, I just that 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 game for Tampa yesterday, really for both, because Washington's bad too. Washington had Heineke at quarterback, like th- those games. Yeah, that that is just wild. I wonder what it would have paid to take the money line on Carolina and Washington yesterday together because, it, like, that just seems so unlikely. My, my goodness. Uh, all right, so NFL, another wild one. We got Monday Night Football tonight that really doesn't even need to be talked about too much. Just going to be probably another awful game. But, you know, that's that's tonight. It, it, there, there's plenty there. You've got plenty on the Patriots' side, and maybe Chicago's on the come. We'll watch it anyway. Uh, but we're going to talk college football when we come back. KU, K-State, both lose. Uh, that's the first time that's happened this year. We'll talk about each of them as we make our way through Sports Daily on a Monday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.